Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 317, and today we're going to be talking about the UPC code debate. What and where? And what I mean by that is there's been a lot of talk out there about UPC codes. Number one, we have to talk about a little bit what they are and why we need them and how we use them. But more importantly, recently Amazon said that they only want GS1 UPC codes. And I've invited on my special friend. I said special. My my good friend, my special friend, Chris Schaefer. Chris, are you there, brother? I am, and I am a special friend. Uh, (laughs) My mom always told me that I was special, so... You are very, very special. Very, very special. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is definitely a live intro here. I normally have the uh, the ability to do a couple retakes if I need to, but this is like on the fly. So that's cool. I'm glad that I messed up there a little bit. Well, I didn't mess up. You are special, but that's not really what I <laughs> wanted to say. Uh, <laughs> well, I did want to have... I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we'll just, we'll <laughs> we'll just power through it and move ahead. Let's please move ahead. Uh, I did want to get you on because I do know, uh, you know, you have had your opinion on this uh, ever since they kind of came out with this announcement uh, as far as like what they're going to allow. And, and some people are saying, well, th- you can only have a GS1, you know, code now that's, you know, that, that is issued by them. And, uh, you know, some people are saying, no, you don't, you can just get a UPC code, but it needs to be verified, but it doesn't have to come directly from that. It could be from a third party that, that sells those. So that's really what I want to do here is kind of talk a little bit back and forth. Now I did have someone that actually does sell these codes and is a third party. And it is someone that, uh, I have referred to in, in the past, and I'm going to continue to, uh, to recommend them if you want to go down that road of a third party. And the reason why I feel comfortable still I guess, backing them or saying that that's where I would go is because I reached out to them. I said, listen, you've got to clarify some things here because there's some things here that I'm not even sure of. And I want you to really kind of lay it out for me and in my audience and and see exactly what we might be missing or what we don't understand. And then once he wrote that back to me, I said, Chris, have a look at this. Does this, does this seem legit? Does this seem like something that we should be worried about or does this make sense? And that's really what I want to do here, Chris. I want to kind of go through that, that email, but then also what he uh, had, had kind of sent back in this post to really educate us all on this UPC kind of mystery. So where do you want to start on this, brother? So let's just kind of start with the background of UPCs. And guys, this sounds super dry, but it's also super important to understand. <laughs> yeah, it's not so that exciting. U- not that exciting. Any, anything you have like on your desk or in your cupboard has a UPC on it, right? It's this. It's the thing that when you go into the grocery store and they scan it, it goes boop. That's what they're scanning. They're scanning a UPC. It's a universal product code or unique product code, depending on who you ask. I call it a universal product code because that's what I was taught. Um, and basically, it's just a unique way of identifying a product, right? And each UPC is assigned to a specific product. Now, Every real UPC in the world is created by a a body called the GS1, right? GS1.org. And that's why you hear people saying you have to buy direct from GS1 because they're the only people who issue real UPCs, right? And that's not not exactly true, right? And and people like Snap UPC, who we're going to talk about a little bit, have what's called uh, like an open license to, to resell UPCs, basically. So they have a prefix from GS1, which is basically just the first few digits of the UPC, and they can sell the back end of that, the rest of the UPC, right? The other 12 digits of the UPC. And those are still legitimate 
quote unquote GS1 codes, as you'll hear people say. Um, the only time that, in my opinion, you may want to buy direct from GS1 is if you're not only going to sell on Amazon. There are certain stores like I think Kroger, Walmart, some of those kinds of places will only accept products with UPCs that are 100% unique and owned by you. So if you want to sell in like Walmart, you would have to buy direct from GS1. But if you want to just sell on Amazon, you can buy from places like Snap UPC without a problem, at least at least in my opinion. Yeah, you know, and I, I kind of want to go back a little bit and just uh, kind of address like why we need a UPC code on Amazon in the first place. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, some people are listening are brand new and they're like they hear FNSQ, UPC, ASIN, like all of these different numbers and terms and, and you know, barcodes and all this stuff. So really, the UPC code for anyone that's brand new is, is an identifier for that product, okay? And then when you go to list it on Amazon, let's just say it's on Amazon, you have to have a UPC code to identify that product to even create the listing. So that's like number one, you, you need that. Now, do you need that UPC directly printed on the box? The answer is no, but some sellers, and we can maybe talk a little bit about this because I know Dom, our good friend Dom, you know, he basically just has to put a UPC code on there. He doesn't even have to mess around with the FNSQ number anymore, but he still needs a UPC in order to get that product listed and to sell it because now that's really his FNSQ in a sense or his identifier. But to- so let's let's just take a minute, Scott, okay. and talk about the difference okay. between yeah. those two because yeah. I, th- I think that's important. Okay. Right. The UPC is that universal code, right? It's what everybody in the world uses to recognize that product. So Kroger, Walmart, Amazon, all of those places, no matter where you have that product, if they have it in stock, they can scan it and their system will know that it's Scotty V's awesome garlic press, right? <laughs> yes. Amazon uses that system to a certain extent, but they also have, for whatever reason, and I'm sure they have a a method behind the madness, they also have what they call the FNSKU, which is their fulfillment network stock keeping number. Wow, nice job. Right, I I believe that's what SKU stands for. Um, That's why I have you on the show. Right, so you can remember that stuff. It's their own unique identifier for it, for whatever reason, and I'm sure sure they have a logistical reason for having that versus having UPC. be used for that, but it is what it is, right? So they have two different numbers. And up until recently, to send a product into Amazon, you had to cover the UPC with that FNSKU. Right. So for us who are private labeling, we wouldn't cover it. We would just print the FNSKU directly on the, the package. And I actually have two things on my desk that I clearly bought from Amazon because they don't have UPCs on them. They just have those fulfillment network SKUs on them. And so... You know, you can do that as an Amazon seller. It's just Amazon's unique way of identifying those products. They haven't used UPCs in the past. What they are starting to do and what you alluded to with Dom is they're starting to allow brand registered sellers. And you could always do this to a certain extent. um, Use UPCs as that unique identifier within the Amazon ecosystem. So when you are brand registered, they know that you are the owner of that brand. And part of the brand registry process is saying, I'm using a unique UPC that I own, right? Which Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're essentially saying anytime you create a listing, but you're verifying with Amazon and you're vouching for that when you go through the brand registry process, right? And so they say, okay, that's fine. You can now use the UPC instead of the fulfillment network SKU because 
you as the brand owner have told us that you own the UPC. We're not going to see it on any other products. You know, nobody's going to accidentally use this number on something that's not Scotty V's awesome garlic press. So we know that this is Scotty V's awesome garlic press when it comes through the system. So you don't need the fulfillment network SKU. You can just use the UPC, which is really convenient if you want to sell places that are not just Amazon, right? If you want to sell in Walmart or Kroger or any of those places down the line, then you don't have to have two different packages. You can just print the UPC. You don't have to worry about the the 20 cent per unit labeling fee or any of that kind of stuff, which is really kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, okay. I kind of want to go through a little bit of the post that he had written. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to link this up in the show notes to this episode. So we'll actually uh, we'll, we'll, uh, include the post and all the show notes, the transcripts and all that stuff. Um, this episode, like I said, is, uh, episode 317. So you can grab those at theamazingseller.com forward slash 317. Uh, again, a pretty, a pretty good post as far as like really, uh, understanding and kind of laying out what exactly this all means and kind of like the talk about, you know, fake codes or, uh, you know, different kinds of codes that aren't really issued by GS1. But I just want to read this here. So in the post, it says the problem, several problems have recently came about, which has caused Amazon policy changes. In the past, you would be able to generate a random number of a similar format as a UPC using a specific algorithm and places like eBay, Amazon, and iTunes would accept them. These are called air codes. They are constructed using the same rules as a real code, but were never issued by GS1. So they are not real GS1 UPC codes. These codes, if searched for in the GS1 database, would not show up. Essentially, this has led to many people generating fake air codes and selling them online. As a result, companies like Amazon rightfully require the UPC codes to verify with the GS1 database to ensure they are using legitimate UPCs. This doesn't mean you need to, uh, to own the prefix, the prefix uh, or avoid third-party sellers, but you must uh, buy unused codes that verify with the GS1. All the codes that we sell at Snap UPC uh, were issued by GS1. Um, so what's so really happening is what it says. You know, So what's really happening, and we can talk about that, but maybe you can just kind of talk a little bit about what, what I just read. Yeah, so there, there's a couple things that are in here um, in terms of terminology that I think we, we should clarify. First is the prefix, right? When you're buying from GS1 and when you go to GS1.org and buy direct, what you're actually paying them for is that prefix. And then whatever number of codes you want to have that prefix. So like the first three digits or the first few digits of that code say that this is Scotty V's awesome company, right? And then when you add the rest of the UPC code to that, the other digits, that's when GS1 knows it's Scotty V's awesome garlic press from Scotty V's company. Hmm. So essentially the first few digits are that prefix, which is what he's he's talking about there. And that's what you own when you're buying direct through GS1. So you own the entire code, basically. And yeah. anybody that looks it up will see that it it came from Scotty V's awesome company. Yeah, and, and Snap UPC happens to own their own prefix and they're able to issue codes out of that to other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, okay, in leading into that, so now what was written in, in this post was like, so what's really happening? So if you're a new seller online and you want to sell, let's say, one to 10 products online, you have to pay $250 up front plus $50 a, ye a year to uh, GS1. Up to 1,000 codes is $2,500 flat and $500 a year and so on. The full price charts, he, he lists a, a full price chart. So we guys, again, we're gonna link that up in there. Um, but he says there's three factors in play that affect the modern day UPC market. One, because of the pricing model, people purchase UPCs in bulk and then resell them. 
Two, people buy too many UPCs and want to resell the rest. And three, people who owned prefixes prior to 2002 can sell unused UPCs that don't require renewal fees. And that's that's exactly what Snap UPCs is doing. And that, that's why I said they own the prefix, right? That's really all that you're buying from GS1 is the first few digits. And if somebody looks up your UPC, then they know that it's owned by you as the company. And that's why some places like Kroger and Walmart will only work with people who own the prefix. Amazon doesn't care as long as it's a true GS1 registered code, meaning the prefix is legitimate and the rest of the UPC is legitimate. I'm just going to start calling it the postfix. Um, the rest, <laughs> the rest of those digits are legitimate as well. And you can look in the GS1 database and see if that number has ever been registered with GS1. What was happening, and he alluded to this in, in, and he actually straight out said it in the problem section is people were just using, a basically a creator. And it was saying, okay, I need 12 digits and it has to start like zero one or zero two or whatever the prefix was that they were using in that generator. And then it was generating a number that looked like a UPC and had 12 digits in it, but it wasn't ever registered inside the GS1 database. And previous to that, Amazon was, was taking that and just accepting it because it was 12 digits and it didn't conflict with another number that was already in their system. Yeah. So now they're actually looking at the GS1 database to make sure it's been registered. Yeah. And so what I'm gathering here, just to kind of boil this all down, is really like someone like Snap UPC, they go out and they bought a bunch. It could be even before 2002 and just and that was their business anyway, even back then. And now because of that or anyone else for that matter, they own these and they will not have to have a renewal fee. Right. Right. So it's kind of like you scooped them up beforehand and now they're yours and you get to issue those. And then you don't have to pay because it's kind of like a newer thing for new sellers that you will have to pay a renewal fee, kind of like a domain name. Is that is that correct? Well, the only time you right the, the reason you pay a renewal fee after 2002 is to avoid people doing what what they're doing. Right. Exactly. GS1 said we, we want to shut this down. We only want prefixes going to people who are actively using them. So if you're not actively using it, we want to be able to take that back. Right. Basically. Right. right. And their way of their way of ensuring that was by charging the renewal fees. But anybody that bought one before 2002 had it for life. So people like Snap UPC are able to continue to generate codes based on their prefix and register them with GS1, which is the important part, and then say, OK, Scott, this is your code for your next product. Yep. yep. And it's registered with GS1 and it's legitimate. Yep. Uh, okay. So, uh, he also writes in here, what does Amazon think? Well, the current Amazon policy is this right here. We verify the authenticity of product UPCs by checking the GS1 database. UPCs that do not match the information provided by GS1 will be considered invalid. We recommend obtaining your UPCs directly from GS1 and not from other third parties selling UPC licenses to ensure that the appropriate information is reflected in the GS1 database. Again, and this is what he says. This policy change was made due to people selling air codes, codes which Amazon doesn't want people using. Additionally, here are a few quotes uh, or quotes from Amazon. So he basically goes through and says what they've said. Um, I'm not going to read all of these. Um, but again, there, from what he's saying, is they do want to make sure that you purchase them through GS1, but there is ways for you to validate the code after you've purchased it to make sure that it is registered in the database, right? Isn't that right, yes. Chris? 
Yes. Yes. You can run a search through the GS1 data. Anybody can run a search through the GS1 database. Yeah. So, okay. So, and he even says here, should you be worried? Um, If UPC codes verify with GS1, there is no need to worry. 100% of our codes um, verify with GS1. So if you bought from us, you're fine. You can verify your codes here. Search trade item ownership in, in, uh, quotations. Um, and then he gives a link here. And then what you would do is then you would see that it validates and that it verifies that it is registered, um, by GS one. Um, and that's, that's kind of how you would do it. But again, I, I just want to throw this out here. If you want to go to GS one and you want to be a hundred percent sure, like, you know, this product that you have is going to be, you know, a product that you're going to, you're going to have for a very long time, or it's going to be one that you, you don't want any hiccups with, you're not doing like, uh, you know, maybe you're not doing like an open brand. You're doing like, this is going to be your main, main brand and you're only going to have five products probably. Then maybe you go down the route of, of a GS1, uh, you know, code. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Chris? So for me, and and you've heard me say this before, I'm a fan of going direct to GS1. And I know, uh, <clears throat> I know this is probably going to lead to an interesting discussion, but it, for me, just based on what I knew coming into this business, if you want to resell or there are some people who will only take the UPC code, like I said, if you own the prefix as well, um, if you think you're going to sell other places, then it may be worth registering direct through GS1. Yes, the upfront fee, I think it's 250 250 and then it's $50 right? a, a year to renew. But the $50 a year is not a big deal. No, no. Right. And then, you know, again, if you're, if you're selling 100 products and you, or you're selling 11 products, and you have to go to that 750 level, which is the one to 100 codes. Again, not a big deal. But to start out, 300 bucks to make sure that if I want to sell my business down the line, that I'm never going to have an issue with it, that I can get into any store that I want down the line, that I'm never going to have an issue with it. That that 250 bucks up front is not a big deal to me. And that way, I own the prefix, and I don't run into any issues ever with anybody. But isn't that what uh, Snap UPC is saying that they own the prefix? Snap, but then Snap UPC owns the prefix. That, right? uh, so okay. it's, it is a legitimate and verifiable code, but there are some people, and I think I think the term that I'm looking for here is they're on the board of governors for GS1, mm-hmm. so they don't want they won't accept those codes. And it's it's some places, and it used to be like Kroger and Walmart and some of those those types of stores, like the bigger stores, would only accept it if you own the prefix as well. And I don't know if that's still the case, and he may be able to correct us and let us know in the show notes if that's still the case. Um, but they wanted you to go through the the whole process with GS1. And, you know, that's that's just why I do it. And then I own everything related to the business 100 percent. And there's I know there's never any issue for me. That's that's like the sound mind and body move. Now, for testing products, if you're not sure you're ever going to sell it or you're throwing up like unlabeled samples or something like that. Absolutely. Snap UPC. And if you're if you're not concerned about owning 100 percent of everything and, you know, making sure that you never run into an issue anywhere with anybody snap upc is absolutely the way to go yeah, you know and yeah. It, again you could always you could always move to gs1 later and change your upc you just wouldn't be able to do that on amazon very effectively mm. if that makes sense yeah no, you could change the upc that's being printed on the package right right if you ever ran into that issue as well let's but just I, go I back i don't want to deal with that down the line let's just go back to the fee though so it says here i'm looking at the chart and it says one to ten uh, UPC codes is $250 initial fee. Is that per, or is that like, no, uh, oh, so you no, get that's 10 for issue? the prefix, right? So what you're buying when you buy it from GS one is you're buying the prefix basically. So they're saying $250 and then you can issue up to 10 codes. Oh, okay. Okay. And then next year, same day you'll pay $50. 
right? Gotcha. To, to continue to be able to use those 10 codes up okay. to those 10 codes. Okay. So you actually get 10, you, you're paying $25 a, a barcode the first year. And then after that, you're paying $5 per UPC. Um, up to 10. Yeah, I got, I got right. you. I got you. Okay. Okay. Uh, that, that makes total sense. So if someone was going to go down that route and go to GS1, then you probably just want to have 10 codes issued, right? Well, you here's here's the deal. When you when you actually sign up for a prefix inside of GS1, you go in and you create the codes as you need them. So you get up to 10 and when you launch your first product, you just say I need one. Oh, okay. Right? So throughout that you type throughout in that like same the year. name and description of your product okay. inside of GS1 okay. and the the link that he gave us here that we can post in the show notes will actually take you like when you type in that UPC then, it will show you the name of the company in the description of the gotcha, product. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so you kind of do it as the products are launched. You don't just buy them and then say, "When I have a product, I'm going to put it on there." Right. Gotcha. Okay. So you, so you, you don't, they don't they don't just create ten for you. You create them as you go. Gotcha. Basically. Okay. You just log into GS1. You say, "I need another one." Here's what the product is. Here's a description of it, and then it gives you the the new UPC. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, that that makes total sense. So yeah, I I think that uh, that really does clarify a lot of things for a lot of people. Uh, again, just if you're going to be launching a bunch of products and uh, you're you're testing, you're in that testing phase, uh, or maybe again, you know, you want to, you know, kind of cut down on your cost in the beginning, then I would say, you know, go down the route of of just, you know, kind of like sampling the UPCs as well. It's kind of like you're doing the same thing. But if this is something again that you know that this is going to be the brand that you're going to be running with and you're going to be really pushing and you may want to exit out of it, then again, like what's 250 bucks? right? Like in, in 50 bucks a year, it's kind of like a website. Like if you buy a domain name and then you buy hosting, it's like, it's kind of like, that's your business, right? That's, that's part of the maintenance and everything for the business. Now, again, I know like some people are saying like, but still, I don't feel comfortable to buy through a third party. Then don't, <laughs> you know, they just right. you don't have go to, to GS1, here's, here's the thing. right? It works both ways. Right. And that's what we're trying. That's really what we're trying to get to. You can register direct through GS1. And I tend to prefer that just because I 100% own it then, yeah, right? Yeah. And and you you do own the UPCs that you get issued through Snap UPC and, and other third-party sellers that are selling based on their prefix, but you don't own the prefix. And so if you ever run into an issue, like you're trying to sell the business and it's somebody that, that wants to own the prefix, then you lose that sale, right? So for me, it's a security check. Uh, it's, it's just another, another way to ensure that I'm protected against anything that might get thrown at me in the future. It works for Amazon. It's going to work for a lot of merchants, but it's not going to work everywhere. At least it didn't used to, if you bought from someone else that, that had a prefix. And that's why when we started selling with, with some of our clients, we went direct through GS1. Yeah. Um, yeah. now I have launched products both ways and I'll, I'll freely admit to that, right? We, we don't always use GS1, but if it's somebody that's established that we're selling as a brand and we're doing that, I tend to go and get a prefix from GS1. Otherwise I tend to, to get something from, you know, snap UPC. Yep. Well, and, and that's exactly what I was just going to say. Like, you know, uh, there's, there's one brand that, uh, that, you know, we're partnered with and, you know, we have not bought any from, uh, GS one, you know, we've got them through here. So, uh, you know, again, I mean, 
I'm not really too concerned that when, you know, or if I was ever to sell that, if I would have an issue or even if that's our plan, it's really not right. Uh, it's really a way for us to kind of, uh, test products, but then also be able to do it fast. And, uh, so I I don't know. I mean, right now for me, it depends on the brand. It depends on the situation. Uh, until, until they came out with something else that said you cannot buy from a third party if they, even if they own the prefix, you can't like if that, if that was the thing, well then yes, then we have to go down that route, but that's not the case. All they're saying is they, they have to be verified in the, uh, the database of GS one. Um, so again, so here's, here's another thing, Scott, and this happened, uh, this was a question that we got inside the classroom a whole bunch is what, what happens if they do that? What yeah. happens if yeah. Amazon comes back and says, well, we only want prefixes that you own as the brand registered owner, right? Okay. First of all, Amazon, I, I don't foresee Amazon doing that. I mean, it's possible, but they wouldn't do that because it would destroy their catalog. Gosh, would it ever. Right. Like <laughs> not, not just private label sellers, but retail ARB and, and a oh, lot of these yeah. places, you're going to lose hundreds of thousands of products from the Amazon catalog because a lot of companies, not just private labelers, but a lot of legitimate companies buy UPC codes from, from third party sellers because it's it's significantly less expensive and you know 90 plus percent of places don't require you to own the prefix so why would you mm. and so a lot of brands not just people who sell exclusively on Amazon but people who sell other places some people who sell wholesale to to retail stores have have third party prefix UPCs as well so i i don't foresee them doing that but even if they did it would gut their catalog but secondarily to that you can change your UPC on your listing now, there's a giant warning that says you probably don't want to do this. But if that day ever came and they said you have to own your prefix, you would be able to switch that. And you can do it. You can ask seller support to change the UPC associated with it. And I believe and I don't know if it's actually like a writable field inside your listing, but it does. There is a button that says, yes, I'd like to change this field inside of your uh, your listing creation in the Amazon backend. So if, if for whatever reason, Amazon ever came back and said, you have to own the prefix to list anything on Amazon that you would be able to just go to GS one, get your own prefix and then make that update. Yeah. You know, again, I'm just going to, I'm going to repeat it one more time, depending on where you are and, and like what your initial investment's going to be. And all of that stuff is really going to come down to that, but you can't just buy one, uh, UPC code through GS one for 10 bucks or 25 bucks. You have right. to, it's, it's 250, 250 minimum up to 10, up to 10. And then it's a $50 a year renewal. So just be clear on that. Um, now I did go over to, um, well, I've got a, I've got a special link on the resources page, uh, for, uh, for using snap UPC and it's 20% off. Um, so I kind of did the math and like right now, even without the 20% off, if you buy, I believe, I think I put in up to 10, uh, you, I think you get them for like, uh, gosh, it was like a dollar 50 or $2, um, a UPC and you can buy one up to, you know, obviously if you do more, you're going to get a better deal. Um, and plus you get a 20% off as a code that I have on our resources page. But again, guys, it's, it's, it's truly, it's your call, you know? And like Chris said, if you already have products in the catalog, I would not, be worrying that all of a sudden they're going to wipe out your, your inventory. What's what, what could happen is they could contact you and say, we need you to update your UPC code, but that would be a nightmare for them to have to do that. <laughs> it would just it, be it, a it nightmare. Be, 
And it's one of those things where it's, yes, you're right. It is possible. Anybody that has that question, it is possible, but it would be a nightmare for them and it would be a nightmare for their sellers. And so they probably wouldn't ever do that. So, and again, that's like worst case scenario, right? So worst case scenario, you might at some point in the future have to spend the 200 bucks if you don't do it now or the 250 bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do, do what makes sense for you and for your brand and for where you are. But you absolutely can use Snap UPC or, or some of these other third-party sellers that own the prefix. There's no reason to, to worry about it. And if you type in the UPC, you know, you buy it through them and you type it into the, the link in the show notes to verify it, you'll know that you own it, you know that it's unique, and then you can use it on Amazon. Yeah, right? yeah. and so, so how that would work, really, and if I'm thinking about this clearly, you'd have to go and buy those codes. Let's say I go over to Snap UPC, I go over... And uh, and I and I buy ten uh, UPC codes. It's going to cost me fifteen dollars, or if you use our code, it'll be uh, three dollars off. So you pay twelve bucks for ten codes. Okay. So now you would take those codes, and then you would have to buy them, and then you'd have to run them through the database check. Now, if you did have a problem, then you got to contact the company that you bought them from, right? And you got to say, listen, I just ran them through here. Not the owner. I want my money back or whatever, right? Um, so that's what you have to do. As far you're not you're not going to be able to to kind of like go through their codes before you purchase them. Um, so just to understand that, if you go through GS1, they're pretty much they're they're validated, they're they're brand new, they're yours, and they are cross checked because they know their database. Um, so just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Chris, is there any last uh, bits of uh, advice or discussion about this topic? I think I think the big thing is and and I've said it before you've said it before do what makes the most sense for you uh you know going direct to GS1 is going to be more expensive but it's also going to be like you know you absolutely 100% own everything about that UPC right and so you should never run into any issues anywhere anytime because they issue the codes directly if you if you're not worried about that and most of us shouldn't be, especially if we're only selling someplace like Amazon, um, then then go direct through a, a third party, somebody like a Snap UPC, um, which used to be Easy UPC, correct? Yes, it used to be Easy UPC. And then uh, they had, a, I guess, an issue with the name. Someone had came out of nowhere and, uh, and they've been in business for a long time. And uh, well, uh, they've been uh, kind of battling it back and forth. And uh, just to be safe, I think they decided to just change out the name. So I had that happen to me, you know, in, in my other, uh, in my photography, uh, di- online business. And, uh, we, we had a year's worth of stuff built and it was a nightmare and we hadn't, we didn't do it intentionally. Um, so again, it's, uh, it's, it's a sad thing when that happens because you have to change every single thing, your logo, your branding, uh, redirection of, of all of your different pieces of content. It's just a nightmare. Um, so again, let's 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 touch on that real quick. If you guys are if you guys are coming up with a business name, uh, go through the uh, um, what is it? Uh, .gov. U.S. US Patent US, and Trademark Office. Yeah, US definitely. PTO. Yeah, definitely go through that. We'll we'll throw that in the show notes as well, and just search your name if you are starting from scratch and you're thinking about what name you might want to use. Just be very careful with that because, again, another lesson. Uh, from myself, but also from Snap UPC now, who was Easy UPC, and and now they're changed because of that. So just do yourself a favor; it takes not that long to do. And then if you see any signs that it could be confusion 
amongst your name and someone else. Um, I would contact an attorney if you really fell in love with that name. If not, just go completely in a different direction and uh, and just come up with something else. So just a little side note there because that is what happened. But yeah, what, what I'm going to do though is I'm going to throw everything up on the show notes page to this. I think this is going to be a good one for you to bookmark uh, just so you can come back to it if you have any questions when you start to either buy more UPCs or even uh, just if you're just getting started. Uh, we'll have all of the... Uh, all of the uh, links that we discussed in there as well. There is a discount there uh, for the Snap UPC. It's 20% off, so you can use that. There's a code there that you guys can use if you're interested, if you're going to go down that, that route. We'll also throw in the direct link to GS1, so you can get that there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to hop on here and kind of go over this topic because I know it's really kind of unclear. And again, I'm not saying, like I said, Chris, I'm not saying that this is like the gospel, right? This is like our discussion. Um, I know it's a huge debate out there and, uh, you have to do what you feel comfortable with and what you can sleep at night, uh, you know, with doing. And if it's, Again, if this is going to be like that thing in the back of your mind that's like, oh man, I I don't want to you know have a UPC and then have it all of a sudden you know not work anymore or have someone else or from from Amazon say you got to pull down your listing until you get this fixed. If that's worrying you, which I don't believe would happen, but if you did think that was going to happen, just go direct GS one. Simple. End of story. Um, Chris, any any last little bit? I think you nailed it, brother. Nailed it, huh? Cool. All right. So the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 317. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 317. Go check that out. All the show notes, transcripts, and that blog post that uh, that Pat had written, uh, you can go ahead and check that out. And uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much going to wrap it up. I'm kind of fired up today. Even though it's a little cloudy out today, I'm still fired up. Uh, glad, to, uh, glad to be alive today, Chris. It's just a great day. It is a good day. Except you had thunder and lightning last night. I did. I had a, <laughs> a fairly epic thunderstorm last night, which I love. You thought you were in a dream, up, right? Getting woken up that way is not always uh, is <laughs> that, not always pleasant at three o'clock in the morning. But that is not know, good. Once that you're awake good. and you can enjoy it, then it's fine. All right, man. Well, hey, now that you know that you're out of that dream uh, of that <laughs> thunderstorm, now you can carry on with your day if you can stay awake because you got up so darn early. But, oh, I'll uh, be fine. Hey, I want to I want to thank you once again for coming on and uh, discussing this. I know this is an unsexy topic, but I think it's an important one. And uh, guys, I just want to say again, remember, okay, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Chris, on the count of three. One, two, three. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and we'll see you right back here on the next episode. All right, give me a test. Test, test, test. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That's a first. That's a first. <laughs>